Hey everybody, thanks for tuning into the Mayfair Theatre Podcast. This is Josh. Just wanted to check in to let you know that it's a little bit of a different format this week. I recorded an interview live from the floor of Ottawa Comic Con with Archie artist Dan Parent. We were hoping to get a room to record in, but there was no spare space to be had. So the sound's not perfect, but it's pretty good. You can hear us talk just fine. Most people were pretty respectful and kept their distance when they noticed that we had a microphone and a laptop sitting in front of us. So Dan has been at Archie for over 30 years. Amongst other accomplishments, he created the character Kevin Keller, and he currently has a Kickstarter going for the third volume of his Die Kitty Die series. So take a listen to the interview, and I'll be back afterwards to check in with the movies that we have screening this week. Thanks. Hey everybody, welcome to the Mayfair Theatre Podcast. This is Josh. We're trying something a bit new this week. I'm at a comic convention here in Ottawa, the Ottawa Comic Con, seeing a bunch of friends and doing a bit of networking, and I kind of got roped into doing a few panels this weekend. One of the panels I did was with Archie artist Dan Parent. He also has an upcoming project called Die Kitty Die, the third volume that he's doing a Kickstarter for. If you're listening to this in a timely manner, we're recording this in May of 2018. You can go check that out and support that Kickstarter. If you're listening to it a bit later, the book's out. You can just go buy the book. So hi, Dan. Hi. Welcome to our little podcast. Thank you. you. Usually, it's me and a couple of the Mayfair guys talking about movies, and we go off topic and then remember to plug the movies that we're screening this week. So you being a comic artist and being a fan of comics... I imagine you're a pop culture fan and a movie fan as well. Yeah, definitely, for sure. When you were growing up, I'm always interested, from the Mayfair point of view, did you have a Mayfair in your town? Did you have a single screen theater? Not really. I mean, I grew up in Vermont, and the nearest movie theater was probably 20 miles away anyway. It was an old old movie theater, but it wasn't like a classic one that, you know, with the architecture and all that. No, we still had some old drive-in movies we used to go to and that kind of thing, but uh, no, nothing like... Like the, like nothing what it sounds like the Mayfair. And what's your movie theater surroundings like now in your hometown? Oh. Is it all just multiplexes? Well, it's or? all multiplexes, that yeah. kind of thing. There is still a, a drive-in about 40 minutes away in Old Fashioned. They were showing the Avengers there last couple weeks ago. Okay, which, yeah. Which is pretty cool to see. But, yeah, multiplex, the whole thing. With now the stadium seating, and, you know, you go in there and you, you fall asleep because the, the recliners, <laughs> yeah. it's just almost, like, too comfortable now. <laughs> it's always too bad, cause I, especially when I talk to people who have traveled a little bit. And if you've done any kind of a little road trip from Canada or the States, you go through these towns where the theaters used to be, like every small town. Right, I've seen them driving up here, yeah. It's a little heartbreaking that that, that's gone. Right, right. And so, yeah, often I'll talk to people who have come here and something like the Mayfair is completely alien to them, like they've never been to something like that. Right. Whereas once upon a time, that was just everywhere. Yeah, yeah. So you have done a couple of movie-themed crossovers. The one that many people are fascinated by is the phenomenon of Sharknado. <laughs> right. And inexplicably, you did a Archie Sharknado crossover. Yes. So how'd that come to be? That came to be, I was at San Diego Comic-Con, and I met the producers of Sharknado, and they were Archie fans, and they were like, it'd be kind of fun just to do like a, a commission sketch of Archie in a Sharknado situation. Right. So he's like with a chainsaw, battling some sharks in the, in the tornadoes. We put it on Twitter, 
and it got a, like a lot of likes and a lot of attention. So we were talking about was Archie's done some crazy crossovers in the past. We're like, well, what if we did an Archie crossover with Sharknado? So I talked to my boss, who was into it, Mike Pellerito. But we had to convince our publisher, John Goldwater, to go for it because he didn't know anything about Sharknado. And when you're trying to explain it to somebody, it sounds even stupider than it is. But we managed to sell him on the fact that the pop culture sensibility was huge. And the social media presence of Sharknado was really big. So that sort of allowed us to go for it. And we did, and it was really a big seller. So, yeah, it was, it was so much fun. It was so much fun. After the first one came out, and considering there's, I can't even keep track, five movies now? It's been five, yeah. Was there any thought of to do another one? Another Archie Sharknado crossover? Um, I, we had talked about it. Actually, I, was, I went to the premiere of Sharknado 5 last year. Okay, yeah. <laughs> so proud. We talked about it. So it's, just, it's one of the things we talk about. And then we talked about doing like a, even a Sharknado comic without Archie. Oh, like just a, Sharknado. Like, like, okay. a shark, like a straight one. Nothing's come of it yet, but we were... We talked about it at Archie because they were, they were talking about reprinting the Archie shirt, you know, because they had done so well. So, um, never say never. Mayfair patrons listening will remember, we screened Sharknado just at the right perfect time, and it was a packed house. It got a sarcastic standing ovation at the end. <laughs> but it's tough. It's tough to be, you know, in the past 40 years, it's Rocky Horror Picture Show and The Room yeah. that have garnered a repeat viewing over and over again. And we've screened a few other films. I don't know if you've heard of Neil Breen. He's kind of a Tommy Wiseau-esque guy who's done a couple of low-budget independent films. And it's hard for them to catch on. And so it's fascinating when something like Sharknado, although it's kind of gone more to TV now, yeah. has got a foothold as a modern-day bad-good movie. Right, kind of right. So you're also working on, a little more TV-related, but there is a, a film for it, of a Batman 66 yes. Archie crossover. Yes, yes. That's still in the stages of, it's going to be six issues right. coming out soon comes out in July. It'll uh, be six issues monthly, and yeah, the, the Batman characters are intertwining with the Riverdale characters, and it's fun. It's uh, You're seeing uh, like Batgirl and Robin hanging out with the uh, Riverdale gang. And it's set in 66? It's set in 66, yeah. Which Catwoman are you using? Julie Newmar. She just, she just seems like the quintessential Catwoman, so kind of using her. Yeah. We screened the film a couple times recently. Once we screened it on film, and there is something amazing about that because it's from 1966, but it was so beat up. And I'm so happy we had a nice audience because there was some comical breaks where they'd be like, to the bat pole. And then there'd just be a two-second snap where that film got destroyed, and then they'd be in the Batmobile. Uh, or there'd be some climactic line, and they'd just miss it. <laughs> and it got to the point where the audience was laughing because it happened ten times. But you feel bad. You want people to, to see it at its best. Right. So there's a big back and forth, just like, like anything, like vinyl versus CDs, whatever. We went digital just like every other theater did, and we got to screen a digital version of it, and just, like, the color was at its best, and it was beautiful. It's really something. Like, everyone involved, like the costumes and the cinematography. Are you using a lot of... Do you get a lot of extra reference or for something like this, or you just... It's the um, internet? A lot of internet reference. I have the, the DVD set of the 60s show, so I can, like, pause it and stop it for reference as I need it. There was uh, one with the siren on it. it was, oh, yeah. It was Joan Collins, so I had to find the one with her, and I used that. There's no shortage of reference for Batman 66. And then I use... I look at some of the comics, too, like, like all red stuff that's really good. There's lots of reference. When doing something with real people in it versus Archie, you have to get approval from Warner Brothers, approval from... Approval from DC. From just DC. So, yeah. like, they say, yeah, that yeah. looks good. Because they do the Batman 66 regular comics, and basically we show the, the people who work on that, so they, they'll approve it. And, yeah. Uh, that, that's... Basically, but it's still 
a, a two-tiered process because normally you're dealing with one company, so it has to go through Archie first, and then it has to go through um, DC. I want to talk about this because you brought it up yesterday during our panel, and I'd never heard about this before. I was saying how I was surprised that Archie didn't make an appearance in film or TV earlier. Mm -hmm. And I said I thought it would, you know, in the John Hughes era and that sort of thing. And you said there was some close calls for that. Other movies that were Archie at one point. Mm -hmm. Can you mention that? Which movies that were? Well, I know when I started there, Corey Haim, rest in peace, he was a big teen actor in the 80s and he loved Archie and wanted to be Archie. He came to the office, he was looking at Archie material, he was really going to dye his hair red. I think he did dye his hair red actually for like test screenings and stuff. There was a script that was somewhere in the process, I'm not sure where it was, but the Archie thing never came through, but then the movie License to Drive came out. So that basically was, I think, the Archie movie. It just went somewhere else. I never heard this before. Yeah, I mean, that's crazy. Yeah. And I, I mean, like, I remember when he came to the office. You know, I started then. And then there was, you know, there was the um, the rumors. I know that they had tried to get Archie on TV in the 90s, and then nothing really happened, and then Saved by the Bell popped up. You know, so it's a formula that's easy to copy. Right. You know, Happy Days, you know, well, I mean, Happy Days, I know, is from American Graffiti, but there's still, you know, Adobe uh, Gillis. There's a lot of formulas very similar to Archie. With License to Drive, I'm trying to remember because I haven't seen it in a long time, but it was Heather Graham, I believe. Yeah. So would yeah. she have been the Betty kind of archetype? Possibly. And then Possibly. Corey Feldman was Jughead or Maybe Jughead Reggie? or Reggie, yeah, yeah. I got to watch it again now knowing I, that. I know. I, and it was actually, I, I haven't seen it in a long time too, but I remember it was a pretty decent teen movie, yeah. if I recall correctly. Do you remember, it was a TV film, but there was this weird grown-up Archie yeah. TV movie. That was horrible. Stuff like that. Or the the Generation X TV movie, or the Hulk Trial of the Incredible Hulk TV movie. Yeah. It's my old man geek thing. It's like kids today <laughs> don't appreciate what they have. Because yeah. when I was a kid, that Archie TV movie was the comic book movie of the six months. Right. Well, it was on, and I remember it was. It, I know it, it did terribly in the ratings, and it was. Um, they were like in their early 30s. It was like 15 years after high school, and um, it was just odd and there was remember there was a, the, a painful scene of where like Jughead has a, a, just like a rap song oh with, with his son he has a son in the movie there's like a like a, like a rap version of Sugar Sugar it, it, it is painful to watch it's like really it was painful to watch then it, was like, it wasn't cool then it's, it's harder to watch now and I think that's gone like I don't think you could buy that on DVD I don't think it's yeah I think I mean there's clips on YouTube every once in a while you hear about somebody showing it like rare like you know one of those like independent stations but it's I think I, I remember it was out on um, my parents had a video store so I think oh, okay. um, I think it was on DVD I know it was definitely on VHS that's a, it's I don't see a huge demand for it. No. And it's funny stuff like that. I was in Vancouver going to school when this Generation X movie came out. And such a different world now because we have Deadpool and Logan and X-Men Days of Future Past and all these things. And I'll never forget. And I remember, and it's another old man thing. It was a newspaper. Like flipping through a newspaper. And there was an interview with the director because it's shot in Vancouver. And the director's quote was something like, we wanted to distance ourselves as much as possible from the source material. So it was somebody doing a comic book movie who didn't like comic books, right. and they wanted to make you forget it was a comic book. And that has changed so much for the better. Right. Because now I find, we always joke we don't want to talk about TV too much for a movie podcast, but we talk about TV a lot, that with Riverdale, even though some people might think it's gone a bit too dark or whatever, it's clearly there's fans on that writing staff. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, I mean, it's Roberto Sacasa, who's our, our um, creative director. I mean, he's the 
person behind the show, and he's a, you know a huge Archie fan and you know, for years. So so even though he's giving us like a darker version of Archie, it, it still rings true. Like it's still Archie. I mean, which is I think why the show is successful because he cast the show. You got yeah. actors that were that fit the characters. Whereas maybe like the TV movie that was on 25 years ago, there really wasn't a, somebody who was invested in the characters. <laughs> yeah, and, and just little moments that I love so much in movies or geek TV when hot dog shows up for Jughead or even though the characters might be different the music that the Pussycats are singing or just little references like that or even in the casting where I think if John Hughes had directed a Riverdale movie when he was John Hughes at his peak it probably would have had Molly Ringwald playing somebody right, right. and Luke Perry playing somebody right right and now they're in they're playing the parents right so, when you visited the set were the crew or were the cast and the writers did were, did they know and an Archie guy was coming to visit they did so they were primed to know who I was yeah <laughs> but yeah they were they were all great they were really nice I didn't meet everybody but I met a good good amount of the cast there uh, KJ Appa and uh, Camilla who plays Veronica they were great I mean there was I was watching them you know, I actually got to sit on a table read which was fun to listen to you know they're very good at what they do they're very yeah. professional I mean it was really interesting to watch it the sets were amazing Pop's Diner is like a real diner like I didn't even know that is it a real diner it like is, oh is. wow I mean it's outside of the, you know like the, the, there's like a separate building outside of the studio you know Pop Tates but you walk in there and it's like a real diner it's not yeah. like it's not like a set there's not like a, something behind the wall where it's like you know a, a backdrop or anything it's like yeah. a, a real functional diner did you get to meet Kevin Keller? I didn't. Be like, he, Dad. Yeah, I know, right, right. No, he wasn't there. He wasn't there. And um, I didn't get to meet uh, Jughead either. I got to meet a good amount of the cast, but it was just fun seeing how a show like that works. Yeah, it was really cool. Over the years, have you had any opportunity or interest in writing um, animated script or anything like that? I've thought about you know what it would be like to work for like you know, TV and, and, and we're kind of you know, we've talked to people about Die Kitty Die so we're that's been something we've discussed with a few people about that fingers crossed something will yeah. happen there with Die Kitty Die because I know it's different worlds but it does seem especially with Riverdale and with the Sabrina coming up right that there is a bit more of a comic artist kind of or writers being producers on shows or having opportunity to I remember like Bendis I believe wrote a few Saturday morning cartoon Spider-Mans and that sort of thing back and forth so it doesn't seem like before it was we want to distance ourselves from the source material where now it's definitely a bit more embracing absolutely absolutely and so you created Kevin Keller if there was a Kevin Keller if someone came to you guys and said we want to do a Kevin Keller film that's something you're all open to because I know sometimes people are like no I like it as the comic book I like it as right 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 yeah I mean I think that would you know who knows what they could do with these characters if they could spin yeah. them off you know because I know they've talked about doing a, like a, they're doing the Sabrina show which yeah. is in a spin off it's it's own thing but Josie, they could still do a Josie show, whether, whether it's a spinoff or whether it's a new interpretation. I mean, That's something we could mention. I kind of forgot about that. But where were you at Archie when the Josie and the Pussycat feature came out? You were, you were there for quite yeah, a while. Yeah, I was there for a while at that point. I remember we had the, big, the, the world premiere. We went to that. It was, it was in, uh, up in New York. That I really liked. I really liked that movie. I mean, I really liked that movie a lot. And I think it's really held up. Like, yeah. Like, you know, it, it was fun then, but it's, it kind of relates so much to pop culture and commercial sponsorship and all this stuff that it, it really is and it's funny it has like a lot of great actors in it unfortunately it, it, it tanked when it came out but like the soundtrack was good I mean it had just a lot of good things going for it but yeah I was there and that was um, yeah that was the, like 2001 now I think I remember I remember it was really smart with it's meta you know sides mm -hmm. and there was like one line where somebody said to one of the characters to Alexandra and said like 
why are you here? And she said, oh, I was in the cartoon. Oh, right, yeah. And just yeah. weird stuff. And I almost think it was maybe, you look at Deadpool now, a very yeah. different genre, but how Deadpool worked, and it was like, man, in an alternate universe, if Joseph and the Pussycats, exactly as is, was released now, yeah. I think it might do better. I think people might have more of a sense of humor to it. I think so. I think so. But yeah, I, I thought it was great. It was, it, was, it was faithful to the comic, but it was its own thing. Yeah, it didn't take itself too seriously. I thought it was really good. Maybe it was just the timing of when it came out and the boy band stuff in it. I thought that was, was great. Very oh. smart. Yeah. What was it? Du jour. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yeah, too bad. In an alternate universe where that movie made a hundred million dollars, there could have been a trilogy of Josie movies. Or Absolutely. Something. Yeah. So let's just chat about. I could always. I talk too much. I could talk for an hour to all my <laughs> comic book friends. But before we wrap up, let's talk about Die Kitty Die. Let our podcast listeners know what that is. Sure. So you're doing your third Kickstarter as we speak in May of yep. 2018. Right. So where, where are you at right now? I guess you're, you're pretty, you're like 90% or something, I believe. We were 98% of our oh goal. My God. So we, hopefully tonight we'll crack it. Tonight or tomorrow. It's going great. The response here has been really good. People have been buying the books here, and then they, if they like it, they'll go bid. So they have been. It's good. It's Fernando Ruiz and I just created it. We wanted to just, just do something on our own that was just like a farce. That was sort of a, a parody of the comic book industry, but paid tribute to it at the same time. Because we both grew up on like Harvey Comics and Charlton and all these like other things. So we just sort of wanted to pay like a slight tribute to these things, but also create a world of our own. So we created Kitty, who's a witch, and the storyline is her comic book sales are down. They don't know what to do about her, so they want to kill her off. So they just recruit a lot of the other comic book characters to, to, to kill her off. So we've created our own little universe along the way and our own fake history. Like we do like a little flashback scene in each issue, but that's not real, obviously. Right. So um, it's just we're doing exactly what we want to do without any editorial control, which is why we kickstart it. Because we can, you know, we hire all the artists and writers and, the, and editors. We do everything ourselves. So that gives us the ability to do exactly what we want. And then um, we can get it published. Like Chapter House publishes it afterwards. Uh, and they've been great, too. But uh, it's just Kickstarter has given us a lot of freedom. But it is a lot of work. <laughs> yes. It's a lot of work. And for people who aren't in the know, that's why instead of you going to another publisher and saying, hey, we want to do this, right. you guys are doing this extra, very grassroots, that's what I love about Kickstarter, this extra grassroots effort to be like, this is our book. Right. Doing right. exactly what we want. Right. And say, if it was published by somebody else, if it was published by Archie or Marvel or whoever, they might be like, well, you got to change this. This might offend somebody. Right. And even some of the people who we talked to about it beforehand were like, you know, oh, this is too racy. We don't want to do this. Like there was like a list of already a list of things people didn't want to do about it. So we just figured, you know, well, we want to do exactly what we want to do. Sink or swim. Right. You know, we're going to do it. People seem to respond to that. Yes. So, yeah. Yeah. It's not dark. It is a little. It's it's edge a little edgier than Archie stuff or the other humor stuff. But it's it's maybe like I'd say teen. I think it's rated teen actually. I think they do rate it on there. So um, it's it's a fun read, but like it's. It's not, it's not graphic. Yes. It's just sort of a little, like, silly. And I just thought of this now. So this is your independent venture, but you're still very much in Archie. You're doing Archie Absolutely. stuff all the oh, time. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. And so it's not like you quit your day job to go do this other thing. Right. So a movie themes thing you're doing is the new Betty and Veronica. Right. Which, it's very interesting how Archie is jumping back and forth now, where they're definitely not forgetting their roots, because although they've had a few different reinterpretations people might remember it got a lot of press a little while ago where 
a writer named Mark Wade and an artist Fiona Staples completely rebooted the universe, made it more modern. I think it's great. I think that would make a great TV show or movie one of these days. Right. Then there's been Riverdale, then there's been Zombie Archie, all this stuff. Yep. So your new Betty and Veronica book is traditional old school Archie. Right. Traditional old school Archie and, and like back to like the five page stories. Because we hadn't been doing those in a while. Even with classic Archie, we had, we had branched out into like longer, either 10-page stories or even 20-book-length stories. So this is back to the uh, classic five-page, really short stories. Those are fun. Those are always fun. And the subtitle of the... It, will it be a series of one-shots? Because the subtitle of the first issue is At the Movies. Right. It's a, it's a series of one-shots. Because the second one is like travel stories, travel tales, where they just go in differently all around the country and around the world. The third one will be uh, like storybook parodies, which we always do really well with those so we'll be doing that and uh, each, each issue will be like a different theme so what is the at the movies entail is it them just like going to a date at the movies or is it them in one of them is they go they go on a, they go on a movie set with Veronica's father owns the like the movie studio and of course they like mess up you know, all the you know hijinks if you right. want to call it <laughs> messing up with the filming of a movie and then one is like them going on a date to the movie so they're, they're all movie themed but you know they're loosely movie themed they're not like all like you know they're not in movies yeah, one's like a we do a parody of like a movie, um, like, a, like a Pirates of the Caribbean kind of thing. So it's just yeah, they're just very loose. I mean, they're only five page stories. So you can only there's not a lot you can do five pages. So we keep them pretty simple. And then so that means to tell people what to look out for right now, we have Betty and Veronica at the movies, which will then be some more stuff, more one shots. Yep. We have Die Kitty Die, mm-hmm. your creator-own project. They can find that on Kickstarter. Yeah. So if they just Google that, if they Google Die Kitty Die, or if they Google Die Kitty Die, they'll either come to the Kickstarter or they'll come to. Um, we have a Die Kitty Die site, mm-hmm. DieKittyDie.com, or it'll go to Chapter House too, where Chapter House sells a lot of the back issues. They sell like, they sell like the floppy issues. Like we we deal only with the trades. Right. And digital issues, and then Chapter House deals with like monthly floppy. So if you Google Die Kitty Die, you're going to come up with a whole a whole array of stuff. Yeah, and Chapter House is some uh, some good home turf Canadian content. Yes, because the they're home of Captain Canuck and Canadian yes. based company. Yep, and you guys are involved with them now for your the more as you could the floppy or the the monthly what people consider comic books traditionally. Right, and then you've got Batman sixty six crossover with Archie coming up. This is a lot of stuff. Yeah, it's a busy year. It's been a busy year. Do you get a break any time in the near future? No. 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 I mean, there's a lot of conventions coming up, so probably there'll be a break around like the end of the year, <laughs> November, December. In time for the holidays. Right. Well, that's great. Thanks very much for uh, participating in our little Comic-Con experiment. Yeah, thank you. I've been listening on our headset, and this sounds not bad, but we're, we're going to you're gonna hear a muffle of the con in the background, but it, it's... Uh, well, it has a little atmosphere. Yeah, this is going to work. So everyone, go check out Dan's stuff. Go support Die Kitty Die. Even if he's made his 100%, there's all kinds of bonus stretch goals. Oh, yeah. We're not, we're just, we're not, we're just getting started. And if you're listening to this a few months down the line, go to your favorite comic shop and you can just order a copy of Die Kitty Die, one of the first trades from volume one or two. Yeah. Yeah. Volume three will be out later in 2018. It's really great. You'll really like it. So thanks for listening. I will probably stick in a trailer or something here. I'll just stick in a trailer for License to Drive. <laughs> and then I'll come back and I'll talk about what movies we have screening for the week that I put this podcast up on the magic of the internet. You can find us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. Go visit our friends at House of Targ across the street who sponsor this podcast. And come visit the Mayfair Theater to watch some cool movies and we'll keep on showing you cool movies. Thanks for listening and we'll see you next time. Meet the Andersons. Yes! They're all awaiting a big event. 
For your information, this is exactly what I ate when I was pregnant with all of you. But Les is excited about an even bigger event. Less than 48 hours away, the people at the Department of Motor Vehicles are going to be handing you your license. His reputation is riding on it. Do you think there's any chance we could get it Saturday night? Not a chance in hell, baby. The date of a lifetime depends on it. Mercedes Lane. But it doesn't look good. You failed. He failed? Honey, what is wrong with you? Is this the end for Les Anderson? I thought that we had a date tonight. An innocent girl. Harmless drive. What could possibly go wrong? See, license whoa, to drop. Hold on, hold on. Uh, you got to show him the rest. Oh? Oh, okay. Les knew that he could regret it. This is it. I'm up. I'm up. I'm up. He knew he might be sorry. Aren't you drinking rather heavily? This Mercedes has a dead battery. Okay, okay, do your breathing. But he did it anyway. There's nothing to worry about. It's like a sign. A sign from the big Mr. Goodwrench in the sky. Will Les get the car home in one piece? Will his father leave less in one piece? You are damn lucky your mother didn't go into labor no, time. I, I am in labor! What? License to drive. Does it have a happy ending? Thanks again to Dan Parent for sitting with me for that interview. If you're not familiar with Dan's work, be sure to go check it out. Die Kitty Die is on Kickstarter if you're listening to this in a timely manner. If listening a bit later, you can just check out the book from your local comic book store. I'm also really looking forward to that Batman 66 Archie crossover. I think that's going to be really cool. So if you are listening to this podcast soon after it was released, I will give you the rundown of the film screening from May 18th through 24th, 2018 at the Mayfair Theater. New with us this week, Final Portrait, starring Golden Globe nominee Army Hammer and Oscar winner Jeffrey Rush. And that comes from acclaimed director Stanley Tucci. The Young Karl Marx, which won the Founders Prize this year at the Traverse City Film Festival. That comes from BAFTA, TIFF, and Caesar Award-winning director Raoul Peck. I Love Dogs is held over for a second week, the all-star cast stop-motion Wes Anderson-directed adventure. On the Saturday and Monday matinees, you can bring your dog along to the screening. Our Ottawa premiere this week is Filmworker, a documentary about a promising young actor who threw away his career to become Stanley Kubrick's right-hand man. And our Stanley Kubrick Film Fest screening this week is The Shining, based on the classic Stephen King novel, of course starring three-time Oscar winner Jack Nicholson and Cannes Award winner Shelley Duvall. The spectacular Absent Friend Shadowcast returned to host the Rocky Horror Picture Show. And a special one-night-only screening this week of The Other Side of the Hero, plus a live event, The Amazing Magic Show, starring Michael Barada. For more information on these and other upcoming films, check out our website, Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you soon at the Mayfair Theatre. For every band, there is a moment when they know they have made it. For one band... 
This is not that moment. Thank you. Thank you, guys. You're a great crowd. Okay, girls, we need the lane now. And your shoes. I'm a punk rock they were three small-town girls with big-time dreams. Who's a rock star? I am. Who wanted to share their music with the world. We can't sit around here waiting for it to happen. We are musicians. We should be out there playing music. We do play. Nobody believed in them. You know, you suck. <laughs> but they believed in themselves. We're special. Yeah, special Ed. <laughs> now... In a world of tough competition. And that is so sad. Fate is giving the Pussycats the chance of a lifetime. We'd love for you to sign with Mega Records. How am I going to pull this off? I'm a girl from Riverdale. I'm not a rock star. you got to believe in yourself. Things are finally going their way. But between the mania... Is that Joseph? They're going to be huge. The managers. We decide everything. What's hot and what's not. Welcome to your party. Who else thinks that Fiona's a freak? And the media. We're going to be on TRL. Mm -hmm. This may be the toughest gig they've ever played. Have you noticed that everything has sort of become all about Josie? Josie. 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 Josie! Spin around. I made you a rock star. Tell me you don't love that. Forget it. You know, I never liked you. No matter what happens, we will always be friends first. Are you gonna kill me with the guitar? You messed with the wrong pussycat. My bad. Josie and the Pussycats.